Welcome back to the Global Tehillim and Chizik Daily Call. On behalf of the Orthodox Union, this is Naftali Herman. It's great to be back with each and every one of you. As always, thank you so much for joining the program and for making it a part of your day on Yom Sheni, the 28th day of the month of Tammuz. Thank you to our incredible and generous sponsors for their continued support to sponsor upcoming programs. Please visit OU.org forward slash call. Please note the deadline for submitted dedications for tomorrow's program is today at 5 p.m. Eastern. Once again, the archive is updated, and you can access all previous recordings on demand anytime, and you can find more information for that in the OU Daily email. On behalf of the OU, it is my distinct honor to welcome back to the Daily Call and introduce Rabbi Josh Scholar of the Young Israel of West Hempstead, West Hempstead, New York, to share Dibre Shizik, which will be immediately followed by Rabbi Gawler slowly reciting our daily four chapters of Tehillim, Haret Chaf, Chaf Gimel, Kuf Chafalef, and Kuf Lamed. Those are chapters 20, 23, 121, and 130. will be followed by the Mishaberach Lacholim with a sizable pause to insert the names of the individuals for whom we are davening for, Rabbi Galler will conclude with the recitation of Achinu. Just thinking, Rabbi Galler, it's been 23 summers, I think, since we met, which was we both spent, uh, I think, several summers working at Camp Hask as counselors. Uh, that was my first summer, at least in the summer of 2000. And so we've known each other for a while now. So it's really an honor to have Rabbi Galler back on the program. The Chavod, with great honor, Rabbi Galler. Shalom Aleichem, Naftali, and Shalom Aleichem, everyone. It's always a pleasure to be here. And, uh, Naftali, you actually took my line, because I wanted to tell you that, uh, Baruch Hashem, the many years ago that we spent in Camp Hask together, I had now, Baruch Hashem, have a son. My oldest son, Zohar, to be a Camp Hask. And continuing the magic that uh, we were part of, the truly magical place called Camp Ask, so Baruch Hashem, the second generation now, and how have I invited you by yours as well, God willing, going forward. Well, but, uh, uh, thank you always. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> truly amazing to watch. And uh, thank you, Naftali, uh, for your amazing work with the OU, and thank you, of course, to the OU for their incredible work and support. I know I say it every time that I'm on, but their incredible support and dedication to all of our schools and schools and community, truly a backbone of the Jewish community, and really hakaras hatov to the OU for all that they do. And you are a big part of that, Naftali, so thank you so much, my dear friend, as well. As we're about to approach the nine days beginning tomorrow evening, there is a fantastic and truly inspirational message that I wanted to share about a well-known story in the Gemara, in the Talmud. The Gemara in Brachos, the Talmud tells us, Brachos, Gimel, Amal, Aleph, 3a. The Gemara tells the story of Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi was walking, taking a trip, a little bit of a spazir once, and he went into the Gemara, there's a churva, a destroyed synagogue in Yerushalayim, Irakodesh, in the holy city of Jerusalem. And he went to Davin there, and he happened to meet when I say happened to me, I say it tongue-in-cheek because we often go daven in random schools and don't happen to meet the person who he met. He met Eliyahu Hanavi. And he meets Eliyahu Hanavi, and they have a conversation, a very um, wonderful conversation. 
and they exchanged niceties. Rabbi Umori, how are you doing? Hey, what are you doing here? He asks Rabbi Biosi says, I went to go daven, and they have an exchange about a halakhic issue. Should you daven in a chorva, a destroyed synagogue? Is it dangerous? Not dangerous? I'll leave it to all of you to look up the Gemara, the Talmud afterwards, and enjoy a truly remarkable exchange between these two luminaries in Jewish history. But I wanted to share the middle, or towards the end, of their dialogue. Biosi after he expressed what he learned from Eliyohanavi, Eliyohanavi asks him, so what did you hear? What sound did you hear? Kol Shamata. What noise or sound did you hear while you were in this destroyed synagogue in Yerushalayim? And he said, Shamati Baskol Shemarehemes Kiyona. I heard a sound, a voice of God from heaven that was cooing like a dove. And it said, What was to my children I had to burn and destroy their house, meaning the Beis HaMikdash, the temple. They And I scattered them in exile amongst the nations. Not just that, but on your life, it's not just now, he tells them. Every day, God is exclaiming this woe is to my children three times a day. That God, in a sense, davens and expresses his pain and anguish that he had to destroy the Beis HaMikdash and burn the sanctuary, exile his children. God expresses that pain, and not just once in a while. You didn't just hear Rabbi Yossi. It can be heard three times a day that God does this. Bichvodo v'asmo in all his glory. Now, this story is a lot to unpack. And, of course, there's so much ink spilled on understanding what does it mean that Hashem laments his destruction of the temple of the Beis HaMikdash. That's not for now. Instead, I want to focus on one small anecdote and one small mashal. In the course of this story, the Gemara says that he heard that God was cooing like a dove. If all he heard was God was exclaiming and shitting pain, God's crying, that we can probably understand in some metaphysical way. But cooing like a dove, how does that enhance the story? How does that one detail, that the sound was cooing like a dove, at all affect the outcome or the meaning and the impact of this story? So let me share with you what I believe is an amazing thought that I saw many, many years ago, and I can't recall where. I know I've shared it before in my own shul on Tishabov, but it's so worthwhile to review. And here's the thought that I want to share. Cooing like a dove. Where do we find the image of a dove? Most famously, you find it by, of course, the story of Noah. But Noah has the Yonah, and he sends it out on a mission and the Yonah comes back. Yonah, I apologize, language escapes me for a moment. But the Yonah, the dove, did not find Manoach Lekaf Ragla. The dove came back trying to find dry land, and it did not find a place and a space of dry land to be able to settle itself. And so it came back to the Teva. Meaning, as in the Siv and the Hamek Davar points out, it did not fulfill the mission it was sent out on. 
to find dry land. And so one would think, okay, go back again. But instead, the Torah tells us that what did, what did Noach do? Noah extended his hand to reach and welcome back the Yonah to the Teva, despite the fact that the Yonah did not fulfill its mission that it was sent out on to find dry space. Nevertheless, Noah says, come back to the Teva. That imagery, my dear friends, is exactly what the Gemara is trying to describe here in this amazing dialogue and this exchange between Rabbi Yossi and Eliyahu Hanavi, that he says, I heard God cooing like a dove. Why like a dove? We find ourselves in the very same situation. God sent us out from Israel, from our homeland, on a mission. He destroyed the base Hamikdash, and he's cooing like a dove. Why like a dove? Why do we hear like a dove? Because Hashem says to us, you know, I sent you out on a mission amongst the nations into exile, and you might think, until you fulfill your mission, until you do it perfectly, I'm not letting you back. Nevertheless, nevertheless, even though maybe we think to ourselves, we haven't fully accomplished our mission, we have to always remember that Hashem's hand is consistently extended and willing and anxious and excited to welcome us back to our homeland. And hopefully the next step being to rebuild ours and his temple, the Beis HaMikdash in Yushalayim. Just like the dove was welcomed back with open arms by Noah to his teva, we hope and pray that God willing, as we know now, as we know now, that we hopefully fulfill our mission or try to fulfill our mission, even if we're not successful to the fullest degree. Nevertheless, just like Noah, Lahabdil, Hashem will extend his hand and welcome us back to our true teva, which, of course, our teva is the Beis HaMikdash in Yishalayim. We hope and pray for the day where that sound, that noise, that beautiful tune of the dove can be heard and call yourselves reminded to all of us together, B'yachad, come back to our teva in Yishalayim, Yamein was speedily in our days. May all of our tefillot, all of our prayers, all of our tears as the nine days approach hopefully merit us to see that day very, very soon where Hashem extends His hand and we all travel back to our teva together as a community, as a nation, very speedily again in our days. We're going to recite the Hillam now for all those who are in need of Rafua, of Yeshua, of salvation, of healing. I'll recite the chapters. Totally so everyone can recite them along with me. First chapter, Chas, chapter 20. Lanatseach Mizmur, Lidavid, Yancha, Dunai, Biyom Sarah, Isagir Fashe, Melohe Yaakov. Yishlach Ezricha Mikodesh, Umitiyon Yisadeka Yizkor, Komen Chosecha, Volasa Yidash Nesela, Yitim Lecha Chilvavecha, Vecholatasa Yimalei, Nanan Mishuasecha, 
Amen. Thank you so much, Rabbi Galler. We look forward to having you back on the program in the year to send. Please, God, in the near future. To learn more with and about Rabbi Galler and his truly wonderful community, please visit YIWH, acronym for the Young Israel of West Hempstead, YIWH.org, for more information. We hope and pray that all of our collective efforts for safety, strength, and a refua for all of those in need will be answered, tova for good. Please join us again for our next scheduled program tomorrow on Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. With hearts full of faith, stay strong, hopeful, and optimistic. Wishing everyone a wonderful, healthy, and safe day.